0: So apparently that album turned 30 yesterday, the 6th of October, R.E.M. And that, of course, that's the track. um, um, The album was automatic for the people, and that's the track Night Swimming. And I have to say, when I heard that, I thought, wow, that's amazing. I mean, it was just yesterday. But when I listen to the song, I do start to feel like, wow, maybe it was actually 30 years ago. The song has a kind of feel about it that uh, maybe has shifted and changed. So we're going to go into a story about meteorites. But before we do that, I'm putting a question to you. We were discussing off-air with the team What are your granny or your gogo's medical prescriptions, like medical plants that have made you feel better? Zalma was talking about untloniane, which uh, was used during COVID or is used against flu. Mdu was talking about aloe for just about anything. I was thinking about ginger and hot water, which people always say to me when I'm feeling flu-y, take ginger and hot water. Then, of course, there's pee. How do you use your baby's pee? Or indeed, if you go and swim in the sea and you get stung by a jellyfish, The um, common knowledge is that you go and uh, you get your friend to, I kid you not, to pee on you because um, that stops the stinging. So we want to know what are the prescriptions that your gogo or your granny or someone in your family gave you that have gone through from generation to generation that you truly believe works? What's the plant, the medical plant that you say, okay, that I know for a fact works. We'd like to hear from you and you know how to do it. You can call us, you can SMS us and you can WhatsApp us. But first... We're going to go into space. Did you know that 80% of meteorites fall in dry or are found, rather, in dry and arid regions, which, of course, makes South Africa the perfect place to find a meteorite? Now, I always thought that a meteorite would go shooting through space and then burn out in space. But in fact, fragments of those rocks do fall um, on Earth after spectacular, fiery streaks across the sky. And to explain a little bit more to us and to tell us about some meteorite discoveries that we found in South Africa, we've got Professor Roger Gibson, Professor of Structural Geology and Metamorphic Petrology, University of Witwatersrand. Professor Gibson, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Good morning, Michelle, and good morning to the listeners.
0: Uh, Metamorphic Petrology. Petrology is stones, isn't it?
1: Uh, petrology is the study of stones, yes, petros being rock, and uh, metamorphic is the, the changes, to the study the changes that rocks go as they journey through their cycle from the surface down into the interior of the earth and back up.
0: So tell us what a meteorite actually is, because obviously we kind of think of that light shooting across the sky. We think it's a star. It could be a shooting star. It could be a meteorite. What is that, and how does it work?
1: I think you did quite a good job of explaining it to everyone in the lead, Michelle. Um, just just the only two things I would say is that the shooting star's official name is a meteor. Oh, uh, so that's the okay. bright light. Yeah. But the meteor at the heart of the meteor is a fragment of rock from outer space, from one of the other rocky worlds or moons of the inner solar system. And uh, it basically comes in at incredible speeds of over 40,000 kilometers per hour. So the friction uh, that, that happens as this object hits the, the atmosphere, even the very thin upper atmosphere of Earth, causes everything to, to start to light up and, and actually burn. So rock actually burns as it comes through by friction against the atmospheric molecules.
0: You know, you've written this wonderful article in um, the Conversation online, and in it you describe a meteorite as a cosmic Rosetta Stone. And of course, we know the Rosetta Stone to be the ancient, ancient tablet with the very first writing. I think it was on it. Why do you describe it as such?
1: Uh, well, it's it's really exciting to work on these uh, these uh, objects. Uh, firstly. These um, meteorites are almost all overwhelming. Ninety-nine percent they date from about the first one percent of our solar system's history. Yo. So they are by far the oldest things we will ever hold in our hands. So it, it, it's quite staggering and humbling to have that. Uh, you may have heard uh, a couple of weeks ago that a, a project called Osiris Rex from NASA yes. landed landed a capsule. That contains a whopping 250 grams. So imagine you're baking um, uh, equipment for a cake, and and think of what 250 grams. It's incredibly small. They put in billions of dollars to retrieve uh, pieces of an asteroid called Bennu, um, which is a carbonaceous chondrite, um, or a carbonaceous asteroid, and. We know that these carbon bearing asteroids literally contain the building blocks of us organic life. So there is incredible excitement as they start to open up that capsule very slowly. Um so why, If you don't mind
0: me, why would it be yes. very slowly?
1: Uh because they don't want to contaminate it with 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 what's what's around us. There are organic molecules all over Earth, obviously. Yeah. Um and so they are trying to control it. So we have, for instance, an example from uh, 2021 in England. A family woke up to find this, this 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 lumpy lumps of clay, black rock, sitting in the middle of their driveway with a little dent in the tarmac. And it turned out to be a carbonaceous chondrite, which is just a, a bunch of clay and organic molecules. And these literally will give us the building blocks of life in our solar system. So, from that point of view, they they were Rosetta a stone for life. They're telling us what. They, they're going to allow us to interpret the origins of life. But the rocks themselves um, tell us about the origins of the rocks on which we live. Earth is a rock in space. And and, and so we, we are deciphering the history of our Earth from looking at these incredibly old things from the birth of our solar system.
0: So I'm thinking of this capsule with the asteroid um, dust in it. And it immediately takes me to some horror story or science fiction story. I, th- I can't remember which one it was, where the scientist puts his hand through a plastic um, hole into this uh, cleared space where the science rock or whatever it is. And, of course, it turns into an alien and it grabs his hand and pulls him in. I mean, aren't you kind of worried <laughs> about that sort of stuff?
1: Well, yeah, the wonders the wonders of the universe yeah. what what do we know but but Nothing. but essentially <laughs> essentially, yes, I mean you know obviously, there is a defensive um aspect to it,
0: yeah, we
1: don't want to contaminate earth with something, we don't think there's necessarily anything that's alive, but we know that life is actually something what is a virus, is it alive or dead? Um, But the the, the major thing, and if you look at the the security and the the, uh, cleanliness protocols that are observed in sending objects into space on space probes, for instance, Mars, to make sure that they are sterile so that they don't contaminate uh, other systems, uh, other worlds. So it works both ways uh, in terms of um, uh, the contamination, uh, the possible threat.
0: Yeah. Prof Gibson, we have to go to a break. But when we come back from the break, what I'd like to know is there is you wrote about this um, discovery of some meteorites in South Africa recently. And and um, I'd like to know, how do you know that it's a meteorite? eh? And then you, apparently you have to submit it to a meteorite, a meteoritical society. So let's uh, find out how we do that after the break.
1: The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant.
0: 721 you are with SFM 104 to 107. Don't forget, uh, if you do want to send in your big fat juices, you can do it by SMS, WhatsApp. Uh, you can even give us a call or follow through on Twitter. So we're talking about meteorites, fragments of rock that fall to Earth from space, often in these like amazingly spectacular showers of light um, in the night sky, hopefully. But in the daytime, you wouldn't really see it, I imagine. And uh, Prof. Roger Gibson, who's a professor of structural geology and metamorphic petrology at the University of Witwatersrand, uh, is talking about uh, how uh, we decide what is a meteor. I mean, as you're walking through the, uh, the landscape, how do you know that the rock that you kick or that stubs your toe, you stub your toe on, is actually a meteorite, Prof?
1: uh yes good question and it's something that uh brings in samples from people on a monthly basis thinking they've found a meteorite and it's great to see the people aware and looking for these things um they they are uh they are quite rare i mean if we put the entire world's uh, supply of meteorites all the meteorites found into a room that room would be 6 by 6 by 6 meters um so 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 not very big you know it's yeah. a large lounge or something so it's 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 not a lot of material um, in terms of volume. So you're looking typically for something quite small, um, and the the initial impression would be what we call a fusion crust, which is the remnant of this fiery passage through the atmosphere as as this rock is forced to decelerate from from its cosmic speeds. So as the as the meteor comes in, the rock literally, because the temperature exceeds a thousand degrees, the rock starts to melt on the outside. And once it slows down, it cools down very quickly. And so you get a glassy crust that forms, typically a dark brown or black, called a fusion crust, or fusion means melting. Um, this may be streaked. It may be indented with the sort of thumb-like imprints uh, because of the, 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 the way that it gets, the, the fusion crust gets shaped because of the high speed. Um, and then you might see that that fusion crust gets a bit chipped as, it, as the rock impacts the Earth. Uh, so, so, so that's the first thing that people would look for. The uh, if you have a broken surface, then you could look at the interior. Now, most meteorites, well, well some meteorites are incredibly fine-grained, so you, they're no different from from Earth rocks. But more than ninety percent of meteorites are what we call chondrite meteorites. These are these very primitive, four point six billion year old uh, remnants of the original building blocks of the rocky planets and these are made up of tiny balls of uh silicate called chondrules which gives the the, the meteorite type its name so these are little droplets that formed when the sun flared into life all the dust that was around the sun was instantly flash-melted and formed these little droplets and then these droplets started to stick together and grow and grow and grow so you might see that in the meteorites on a broken surface beneath the fusion crust but after that, it's a case of taking it to the lab and actually uh, making, uh, doing the petrology—literally slicing it open, getting a very thin sliver to look at under microscopes and with electron beams and stuff like that—to to, to identify it. And there, there are there are distinctly different features in these uh, meteorites compared with what Earth rocks look like.
0: It's absolutely amazing. I mean, when we think about um, the universe that's in our brain, but also the universe that's out there. Um, it feels as though we will never come to final answers about anything. Prof, uh, in closing, you did me- mention in your article in the conversation about the um, two that had been found and by, by a farmer in the Northern Cape. But what's interesting is he finds two meteorite fragments and it turns out they're both different. They're not even from the same meteor.
1: That's correct. I mean, hats off to to Gideon Lombard for being able to do this while working as a farmer, to be able to spot these things, particularly in the rocky landscape in, uh, in which he works. So, so he's got a very keen eye. the two The two fragments were found about a kilometre apart, three years apart. So, on three, one in 2018 and one in 2021, and he got in touch with us after uh, the, the, the the second discovery obviously uh, wanted confirmation. He had a strong feeling the fusion crust was there and that these were actually meteorites. And so our first job was to say, well, we know that these meteorites can break up in the atmosphere and, and, sh- and shatter. Uh, and so could it be just two pieces of the same meteorite? And we were very surprised and very happy to note that when we applied all our techniques, they cannot have come from the same parent asteroid in the asteroid belt. They're from two separate ones. So what what a, what a coincidence. You know, Lightning yeah. might not strike the same place twice, but meteorites are landing Apparently very close together.
0: Apparently so. <laughs> yeah. Prof Gibson, will leave it at that. Uh, thanks for a fascinating science class there. It really is absolutely brilliant. Prof Roger Gibson is a professor of structural geology and metamorphic petrology at the University of Witwatersrand. As he says, uh, meteorites, they are the cosmic Rosetta stones. What a beautiful way to describe a meteorite as it um, tells the story of our history and the history of our solar system, how it was born. 1% of the oldest building blocks of our universe is what they are. Absolutely love that one.